Next on News for the Soul, My Way Om with Robin. Robin is a mind-body connection, healing arts practitioner and consultant, specializing in the nervous system, emotional regulation, and intuitive coaching. She's a passionate advocate for holistic wellness and the body's ability to heal. Her personal pivotal experience includes healing a marathon training injury, Wilts running the actual marathon, and holistically healing her own thyroid disease. Please welcome Robin back to News for the Soul. Hi, everyone. This is Robin, and thank you for joining me here at My Way Home on News for the Soul. Happy New Year, everyone. It's great to be here and back to the show. Today, I'd like to welcome a guest, my guest, Tessa McCartney, uh, McCartney, Malcarney, pardon me, and she's here to talk specifically all about neuroplasticity and brain rewiring, and I think it's going to be a great conversation about how our current understanding of the way our brain works really impacts our nervous system and how we can use this perspective in our healing journey. Now, I know I've kind of came here through my own dis-ease and rewired without this understanding and without this terminology. I had sort of a yoga background and a movement background, so I understood somatics and I understood the fascial system, the anatomical system. Um, But in terms of really healing disease, along with my faith and my willingness to do so, I didn't know what I was really doing, I think I understood bioplasticity, even not knowing that term through how, you know, the body kind of physically rewiring or restructuring and going from more of an injured state to a repaired state. Um, But it wasn't until after I was no longer kind of having a dis-ease that I learned this terminology and came to sort of learn about and understand neuroplasticity. So, Um, I know that I do a lot of this work as well, and so she and I are colleagues in this field, and I'm so excited to welcome Tessa to the show today for her to share her story and her expertise. So, Tessa, are you there? I'm here. Can you hear me? I can. Great to hear your voice. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? Good, good. So, Tessa, you are a neuroplasticity consultant, and basically you help people understand neuroplasticity and brain rewiring. So can you tell us what that is? What is neuroplasticity? Yeah. So neuroplasticity is our brain's ability to change. It's known that the brain is plastic and that we have the ability to mold the brain through our behaviors. Now, the brain is influenced by the world around us, and it's also influenced by our conscious reactions to the world, how we think, how we feel, our emotional state. Um, and so neuroplasticity is our ability to be with those behaviors and change them in the moment. And then the structure of our brain actually changes. And we are able to relate to the world in really different ways. And so there's this idea of neuroplasticity, and I, of course, teach this all the time. I love this idea. There's also the idea that our brain is live-wired. David Eagleman, if anybody has ever heard of him, um, is an American scientist, and he says that the brain is live-wired for change, not only neuroplastic, but also that we change our brain in an instant. And all of those little instances that add up together is what makes that the brain so plastic and and able to change. So it's a little different perspective that we can look at the brain through as well. I love that. So then how would you describe or approach brain rewiring? Okay. It's a big question because... It is. I know. There are so many ways, <laughs> as you know, as you know, so many different ways. And every single person is so different. So I approach every single one of my clients with just a completely open mindset because I don't know what they're going to be coming to me with. 
So what I do is I listen really intensely and I've trained myself to listen to what their nervous system, what their limbic system, what their brain, what their body are doing and then talk to the client about why. So I listen for what their fears are. Um, Are they self-abandoning? Are they people-pleasing? Have they had trauma in the past? And I listen and I just pull it all together in my own mind to ask them specific questions on, you know, what, are you still holding on to past trauma or is it your world around you right now, your current world that you're reacting to and being able to pinpoint what the specific stressors are and what that person is reacting to. Is it their associations? Is it limiting belief systems? I could take 25 minutes to answer this question, so please feel free to interrupt me and keep me on track. Um, And so once I have an idea of where that person's coming from, I'm so much more able to then narrow it down to, okay, I can see that you are self-abandoning. Let's talk about authenticity. Or I can see there's a lot of limiting belief systems. Let's talk about why. Where are they coming from? When did they start? Um, Sometimes, so my clients, and I'm I'm sure you are going to ask me this, so tell me if you want want me to wait and say what my clients experience. Um, My clients experience a lot of physical symptoms, so physical manifestations of an impaired nervous system, limbic system, where everything is out of balance from what they've experienced in the past. And so a lot of my clients come to me with these really intense physical symptoms, which I know you've experienced yourself, Robin, and I've experienced, a lot of us have experienced them. And it's more than just the typical manifestations of stress and anxiety. They're really big symptoms and can really interfere with life. And so my clients can have um, different associations to their own symptoms that then we need to talk really deeply about and see how can we get this person to to surrender to these symptoms. Feel free to ask me any follow up questions if I didn't specifically answer your your question. No, you're doing you're you're totally right there, and I feel like. Okay. Um, the analogy that comes to mind is like if somebody gives you like a necklace or a bracelet that's completely knotted up and is like, can you please um, untangle this for me? You have mm-hmm. to really sit with it for a long time and you get like, yeah. you, you start with like a piece of the knot and like nothing is, it's like not the right spot. <laughs> um, uh, and you have to like yes. piece of the knot and you kind of pull a little bit and then you get some slack and you sort of say okay this is you know now I can keep pulling here and then I see where there's like another spot I can pull and um, I always feel like brain rewiring work is a lot like detangling knotted a knotted necklace and um, you know I think for those of us in this work as the practitioners our listening skills are so like such a big part of it Um, and and like, you know, we'll toggle through this as we talk, but I think because we both have personal experiences of like healing through complex stuff this mm. way, it's sort of like my wish for humanity that it's like not everybody needs this kind of healing work, but, but that like once we all get there and do it, that we could be show up in that loving and compassionate of a way for somebody else who in the way that they're telling a story or asking for help or not knowing how to um, ask for what they need or interpret things in a way that doesn't like get lodged in their body that we can then in our interpersonal relationships sort of show up from a that that compassion yeah. and brain rewiring are kind of um, synonyms is, is mm-hmm. you know and that's the heart that's is much more connected and that's sort of where you know always been my perspective but I think you know as we talk about the brain in particular it's I think in this work you know understanding neuroscience and neuroplasticity and like the potential for everything being rewritten at any point mm-hmm. it feels so hopeful and yeah. you know think about you know how um as a society kind of off balance we are in terms of brain disorders and we could talk about it from a nutrition standpoint or a societal standpoint and there's so many standpoints 
but yeah. you know dementia um uh, or just like you know the adhd stuff and and just like the um categorizing of neurotypical and neurodivergence and you know when it's all separated and categorized it's not you know you don't see the story and and so then you don't see it as symptoms that can be looked at and and that mm-hmm. not in the so to speak so for me it's like yeah. everything is so connected yeah um yeah so, so i wanted to ask you because you are kind of, you are an expert in the neuroscience and the neuroplasticity aspect you know can you talk a little bit about what the limbic system is and you know that part of the brain and, and why mm-hmm. um, understanding limbic is very valuable mm. yeah yeah so the limbic system is the brain's protective structure it's made up of the amygdala. These are the main components, the amygdala, the hypothalamus, and the hippocampus. So the amygdala is the emotional center of the brain. It processes sensory information, and it decides whether something is a threat or not. The hypothalamus regulates hormones, and the hippocampus has to do with emotion but also with memory. So they all work together to decide whether something is a threat or not, and then decide whether or not the fight, flight, freeze, fawn mechanism needs to be turned on to protect that person. And the limbic system is is crucial to our survival as it is the brain's built-in survival system. When I when I do my work, I think of the entire nervous system because the nervous system includes the limbic system. It's the brain, the spinal cord, and all of the, the bundles of nerves that run through our bodies and communicate sensory information to ensure we stay safe and well to pass our genes on. Um, it's so funny to think of ourselves as that. We don't often think of ourselves as animals needing to pass our genes on, but that truly is how our limbic system and our nervous system function. They function from that place of must pass genes on to next generation, must survive to do that. And that's where all our systems, I think, when you sort of like boil it down, I mean, I think you hit the essence of it, but even just as quantum biology and quantum physics has is going to, I think, just emerge as something so valuable because it kind of joins all of this in that at the very cellular level and the level of DNA, yes, we're constantly coding and recoding and we are passing those codes on to the next yeah. generation. So it is at mm-hmm. this level and, mm-hmm. you know, all these, you know, the brain and the cells and everything does kind of work together. So we want to see where yeah. there's a distortion in the field so that we can correct yeah. through harmony um, and, yeah. and change the signal the you know the wiring yeah. the, the antenna and what it's signaling in the field yeah. to the field and that's going to yeah. restructure us you know um, neurologically and and also cellularly so you know when we and I don't want to go off on a tangent but when we talk yeah. about genetic epigenetics and emotions it you know it it is all connected so yes we need our yeah. our our DNA and we need to think about our quantum health and um, our cellular health and the expression of ourselves as well as our, our DNA and our genes and the emotions mm-hmm. have such a big role in that, but, and also understanding the way the brain works and sort of the gift of this, this, this system, this mm-hmm. computer, this operating system that is put into our body so that we yeah. can operate, so that we can recode, rewrite, rewire, yeah. and then restructure all the way down to the yeah. cellular level. And that does include, because like you said, the, the limbic system, you know, includes the spinal cord and the spine and then, you know, the nerves mm-hmm. and everything. So then it kind of branches mm-hmm. <laughs> literally mm-hmm. into the anatomy yeah. and the physiology. Mm-hmm. And so usually an expression of discord, you know, it might be in a nervous behavior or a chronic manifestation of depression or nerves mm-hmm. or, you know, what, whatever, um, overthinking or uh, sensitivity, whatever it is, it's, it does, you, you can really get into the operating system and find that yeah. point where it needs to be subtly adjusted. And then it, there's a new ripple that's created to yeah. the south, down to the south. Um, yeah. And I think it's to the south. bring a lot of this work forward 
you know, and do this work with our clients, you know, a lot of the feedback is like, oh, my gosh, I never saw it that way or I didn't have that perspective. Mm-hmm. And it's like that new way of looking and seeing and reshaping it, it has helped people kind of, like, take it from there on their own. And I think that you and I have talked to you about, like, you know, we use the word consultant. We don't like coaches. We, we don't feel we're like we're responsible for people's, like, healing. But at the same time, mm-hmm. we're, like, here to hold space for you and give you this information yeah. and, and, like, use your story and your life to help you kind of like do the, the, the fixing and the tweaking and then off you go. Um, yeah. Which is kind of different than the medical system that we have today. Yes. Yeah. I definitely see myself as just passing on information and then my clients using that information as they wish because it also comes down to them being, feeling in control of their own journey. And I, and I do love that there are so many programs out there because it gives us so much information at our fingertips. Like it's like they've, the program has done the work to consolidate the information that we can use to heal. But at the same time, I see it stripping power away from people and, um, and causing them to think that they have to follow this strict structured approach. And I love in the beginning when um, your healing journey was described that it and and how you described it as well it wasn't a strict structured approach you were pulling from all different places and that's how I see myself kind of pulling from different areas and then feeding that to my clients so they can make the best decisions on their own Um, and and this understanding of the limbic system the nervous system um, how we're we're constantly processing sensory information is critical and we must understand that so we can come into alignment within ourselves within our body um, and that is our connection to a higher source how can we connect to something higher than ourselves when we're so dysregulated and we're not actually in our body we're not actually the essence of who we are which is pure love and awareness and just being. We can't just be when the nervous system is dysregulated. It's impossible. Right. It's the opposite. Exactly. Right? When you're, you're in a regulated state, you know, the idea would be, well, this is always how I, this is how I approach it, is that you're sustaining the fullest expression of yourself. And that yeah. is nervous system regulation. And, and But that is yeah. also not like it's right if you're there and you're it's wrong if you're not, that we're right. out of that you're kind of in the paradigm of understanding that all of it is me. And so mm-hmm. when there's a piece of it or a part of it that needs more support, that it's like I take all of me to love that part, mm-hmm. to reintegrate it back into me so I can be authentic and sustain that expression. Because there's only one you, right? So, like, you can't be someone else. You have to be you, and you have to be wired and embodied in our, in order to project or cast the essence of who you are. And so there's so many things that we've been through in our lives that have kind of taken us, you know, fragmented us, I would say, that we're really just like shattered into a million pieces and that it's not like we pick up one piece and we throw it out. It's that we pick up one piece and we put it back into, um, we have to hold it. We have to hold it and love it. We can't, we can't cast it aside you know and I think you know for me personally like you know I've always really valued health and wellness but you know I was in an abusive relationship and I got sick and I had to Mm. accept that I haven't always been able to say that that's what happened so that's like a new place for me but I really had to learn I didn't even know I was loving myself I didn't know what I was doing until after but it was like like loving myself again piece by piece and nourishing myself and feeding myself and giving myself time to exercise and sleep and rest and and digest and like all of these Mm -hmm. basic things and you know for me motherhood kind of took me off track you know kind of like whoa everything got a little haywire but um you know and then he and then in the healing I said I don't want to do I'm not I don't want to live like this anymore you know I don't want to be in this situation so it was like all of that that kind of got me to the level of understanding or the frequency of awareness of I love myself too much to sustain that older vibration, right? And in Mm. the new emotional step point and in the new 
love of myself, I could kind of put myself in the situation that matches that 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 self-respect, that love, that belief, and and that's where healing happens. And so, I, you know, I want to dive into the nervous system a little bit more, but I'm wondering, Tessa, yeah. can you share, like, you know, where where did this kind of come to life for you personally? Like, what happened or what is an example of something you've been through yeah. that kind of brought you into this awareness? Mm. Do you want to talk about, do you want me to talk about my story? Like, what happened yeah, when I was yeah. younger? Just kind of bits and pieces of Whatever. that. I'll keep it short and sweet. Yeah, whatever you want to say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's important to talk about that just for like a minute, and then I'll I'll move into um, more about the authenticity piece. So, when I was younger, I had I experienced many stressors and trauma. Some were really big and bold, and those obvious types of trauma, and some were really sneaky that I think a lot of people don't see if they don't get into this healing work, they don't recognize that being painfully shy as a kid can be traumatic and can Mm -hmm. really affect your emotional self. I was so shy in school that it was to the point where I was stressed all day, every day. If I thought a teacher was going to call on me in class, I would completely dissociate. I would be sweating profusely, shaking uncontrollably. It was extreme. I had so much social anxiety. It really it really affected me all day, every day in school. And that's a lot of hours a day to be dysregulated and not know when you're young. We have no idea. We don't have the inner resourcing to understand what we are experiencing. So oftentimes when we're younger, it manifests itself as like stomach aches and just wanting to go home and not be places and feeling panicky but not understanding. So I, my entire childhood was like that with bits and pieces of um, of course, I, I had I had a wonderful childhood. I had a really wonderful family. Um, but these pieces that were just pulling me into dysregulation for many hours a day in second grade, having a really intimidating teacher, um, in fourth grade, having a really big stressor happen, uh, a trauma happen, one of those bigger, bolder, and then having an abusive relationship and being in situations where I I saw some near-death experiences. So all of these stressors and traumas that affected me from when I was a young child to about my early to mid-20s, at a certain point, the nervous system loses its resilience. It was never meant to handle the amount of stress that we now are having to field and deal with. And I have some theories as to why, and and one of them is the difference that that there is between the limbic system and the nervous system. Those two structures in our body are very archaic, very old. The limbic system and the nervous system pretty much stopped evolving at the time we were hunting and gathering. So thousands and thousands of years ago, this part of our body has not has yet to evolve to meet the needs of this world that we are in now and then you look at the sophisticated prefrontal cortex which is part of our frontal lobe which is the part of the brain i'm using right now it's our ability to analyze to be creative to uh think consciously to interact with one another it's it's a very sophisticated part of our brain i mean we can go into outer space (laughs) we're incredible we are so intelligent And then we have this archaic nervous system and limbic system and the prefrontal cortex, and I'll just say nervous system to be concise, they don't understand each other all the time. So when I was a kid and I was having all these big emotions, my nervous system was like, what's going on? Where's the lion? What's the threat? Like, are you being chased? Are Are you being harmed? Where is it? But I'm just sitting in a classroom. That doesn't make sense. It's because the prefrontal cortex exists on emotion. We're always thinking. We're always um, computing and analyzing and unfortunately ruminating and fearing and, you know, thinking about the future. But the nervous system doesn't understand that. It, it doesn't understand emotional stress. Think about the implications of that. 
the nervous system understands the five senses. That's how it perceives information, what we can see, taste, smell, hear, and feel. There's nothing in there about our emotional selves and how much, how much there is today with world systems, governments, um, political stress, relationship stress. Like I said, our prefrontal cortex is always thinking and feeling and ruminating, but the nervous system interprets any of that emotional stuff as where's the threat? What do I need to protect you from? And at a certain point, the nervous system loses its resilience because it's for so many years. I'm actually really impressed with my nervous system, and I think um, any any of my clients would say the same, and maybe any of you listening would say the same, that I'm impressed that it can hang on for as long as it does before it gets really dysfunctional and we see a lot of physical symptoms um, like sensitivities and body pain and migraines and fibromyalgia and all that kind of stuff that ends up happening when the nervous system loses its resilience, Um, but at a certain point, the nervous system loses that resilience and it loses its ability to cope with stress and trauma in the way that it had been, and it dips into that dysfunctional state, and that's what happened to me in my mid-20s, and I ended up being in a state of just complete dysfunction, not understanding a thing about it. This was probably 15 years ago, so at that point, um, it, this healing world wasn't as um, big and, um, you know, the Instagram didn't have a thousand videos a day that you could view about how to heal yourself. And so I had no idea. I was stumbling. I had really um, intense chemical sensitivities and migraines and um, lethargy, which a lot of people call chronic fatigue syndrome now, um, and I had no clue, and no doc- doctors couldn't give me any answers. I was told by many doctors, oh, this is just a condition, you know, we see all the time, we don't really understand it, but this is just, you're going to have to deal with this for the rest of your life. And I was like, no, I'm not. No way. <laughs> um, right. Something inside of me said, absolutely not. And so I found a program called the Dynamic Neural Retraining System, which I'm not sure, I know Robin, you and I have talked about that that program before and how that's where I started out. But I I used Mm -hmm. that program as a springboard and I used that to um, just kind of give me the information I needed. And then I went out and figured it out on my own. And I ended up actually working for them um, for a few years, which was incredible. And, um, and that led me to where I am now, where I, I really have, um, I've really cultivated my own belief system on our healing and specifically when it comes to the imbalance of the nervous system, the dysfunction of the nervous system and, um, and how we must be the driver that facilitates our own growth and healing. Yeah. Go ahead and jump in wherever you want. <laughs> no, no, I, I really feel that. And I think just to, you know, also too, I, because I, kind of went into the whole neuroscience rabbit hole as well and then kind of for me popped up with heart math and um, Mm -hmm. they sort of have studied the heart again I think we've talked about this but just for for reference sake the heart as kind of like another um, you know just kind of seeing the body and, and understanding it through electromagnetics and how the heart kind of has its own brain and that there, the potential for creating resiliency is there, and it, it, it might not be in the brain. It might actually be in the heart and that coherence, mm-hmm. the heart-brain coherence, that work um, is part of what brings, it's sort of like the softening, the love, the care that we bring to the body or to the brain, right? If the brain is like binary, right? Zero, one, zero, the heart is sort of like, yes, and let's bring it all in. So it's like this complement, but that we need, you know, if, if we understand the brain this much, but that we also can understand the heart this much, we can really understand what coherence is, what it means to sort of um, get your physiology into a coherent state and, and what the repair is. And I think as we toggle mm-hmm. back to the nervous system, you know, understanding, like you said, you know, it is, you know, we're in sympathetic dominance. And a lot of that has to do with the way we live our lives today 
and, and I would add that, like, we have for too many decades now um, gotten really busy. And we, when we're really busy, we have more narrow-minded way of looking at the world. And in, you know, because I, I do a lot of work in, you know, I call my program, like, Movement, Stillness, and Breast because, you know, what does it mean? You know, are, how do you understand your breathing and the rhythms of your breath? Yes, it's automatic, but can you slow it down? Are you quickening it? Like, how are you working with your breath throughout the day? And how can you learn mm-hmm. breath work to bring you at least to neutrality? Right, it's not parasympathetic automatically, but sort of bring you, bringing on a parasympathetic state. So, and you know, when you're still, are you, is your leg shaking? Are you still angry, even though you're like watching a TV show? Like, what does it really mean to be still? And and then movement, exercise. Are you, are you sitting all day, or can you, you know, do you want to go for a walk? Do you want to go for a swim? Can you can you chase a ball down the street? <laughs> you know, like that kind of stuff. Like, what are your movement habits? And, you know, so, so I kind of work within those components around habits and choices with people. Um, but what I see from a parenting perspective as I toggle between, like, you know, how I've healed through my childhood, but then also, like, how I'm raising my son and how he is showing me through his flare-ups and his sustained dysregulation and, you know, exactly how I used to feel as a child, so kind of very similar to what you were saying, and and not having, because, you know, even back then we were sustaining sympathetic dominance in our lifestyle. We've been busy now for decades, right? So, um, mm-hmm. But not having the the right emotional support to shift away from or shift through beliefs and feelings that I held inside of me and didn't know what to do with. And so then I started believing what I thought was true and holding that. And then my body remembered that and sustained that. So I think for, you know, you know, I think about like how I parent, I, I mean, I'm just really like working very hard to make sure that my son, because he has some struggles, like what you said, like just being at school is dysregulating for him. He doesn't eat. He won't go to the bathroom. He even says, I mm-hmm. ignore the urge to go to the bathroom at school. And he goes, I know I'm hungry, but I won't eat at school. And so it's like you might be okay and laughing and having fun, but he's in a functional free state or he's in a state of hypervigilance. And we all go through that. But then he comes mm-hmm. home and he's got to eat and use the bathroom and calm down and get outside and move the body and like you can see in the way he's wiggling whether he you know how he's moving out of sympathetic dominance into neutrality and finally into like a parasympathetic state which is then I'm like now it's time for homework Mm -hmm. (laughs) but um but you know watching this in in my son who's a lot like me um and then sort of experiencing a lot of this, I'm, you know, really trying to parent him through it and give him the tools and strategies to bring himself to sort of want to naturally, you know, bring himself into kind of like a play task where he can hum and get the vagal stimulation going without needing any support. And, um, Mm. you know, I think, you know, just all of us, we need to just slow down. We're too fast. And if we could just, Take a walk around the block and not bring the phone. You know, I think we've just, we are so conditioned to be multitasking and getting there as soon as we can that we're forgetting that the drive is part of the, is part of what we're, it's part of the experience. And, you know, so I, I just really feel like, you know, as clients come to me and as I'm sure you experience, you know, people are, they're just, um, overwhelmed by all these emotions and feelings and really racing thoughts, right, or, or this, uh, disconnection from feelings. They don't even know what it's like to feel because feeling is slower. Mm. It's slower thinking. And it takes time to, like, you know, bring a thought, like a feeling online and then process it and, like, move through it and release it. And I don't think that yeah. society shows us how to do that anymore. I think that's yeah. changing, but I feel like a huge part of neuroplasticity work and, and like the bringing neuroscience to the forefront and understanding nervous system regulation is about slowing it down. Like, like just yeah. really like 
just understanding that we have to take it back a little. And that's not true for everybody because it's not always like you have to, you know, not everybody's nervous system needs to be still. Some people need to move to think straight. So everybody's different. And I think, like, you know, I think you've said that, too, at the beginning. You were very clear. Like, it's not a one-size-fits-all thing. But if mm-hmm. you're sustaining sympathetic dominance and you don't know how to get into a parasympathetic state, right, you're not digesting, you're not sleeping through the night, um, that's, then you're not ever in rest and digest. You're not ever in a healing mm-hmm. state. And, mm-hmm. um, and the nervous system does need that. Like you said, we can't just be, like, chased by a lion all day mm-hmm. long. It's nobody yeah. can survive that. Mm-hmm. So, oh, it's just, it's, it's yeah. so big. Yet it's also, like, I feel like we finally have these strategies and tools that, that I know yeah. are so and you know because we've applied them yeah. both personally and then just in bringing this work forward and, and this you know it's like it's a perspective shift um but it Absolutely. feels like ancient wisdom it you know even let's say 2000 years ago if people didn't or maybe they did i you know i believe in all the societies having greater you know we don't we don't we think we know everything but i think there's a lot that that we don't know but you know mm. i think that creating lifestyle again where we have an opportunity to be and to just integrate and align brain and heart and, you know, really understand our coherent state and move from that space. It just feels like then ever, you know, people would have more permission to like exhale and take a breath and speak more truth. And it just feels like we've, you know, sometimes it's the lies we've told ourselves or the distortion in the, the fields that have created the sickness. And I think that's why the, the mm-hmm. rewiring is so important. It's, it's like, yeah. it's not true. We have to recode this. Because yeah. You believing something that's not true. And now you, you know, you can't sleep at night or your muscles hurt every day. Yeah. Or you're, you even, you know, you can't even go to the bathroom. It's like, oh my gosh, it's affecting you yeah. this much. And over this long, this length of time, yeah. And for what? What is is traffic? Traffic is stressing us and being late somewhere and, and having a deadline at work. And these kinds of stressors, they're not worth it. Yet we've been conditioned since we were young children to just live through stress. And like when you were talking about your son and and how you're helping him to regulate himself, I was thinking about us as children and how our parents didn't have the information at their fingertips. I definitely do not fault them. And I do believe that we are now in an era where we're meant to gain this knowledge and we're meant to all heal together. So I think it was all in divine timing. But looking back at our childhoods, I remember being invalidated in a thousand different ways just on a daily basis being told, you're fine, get up, but I'm not fine. My emotions are not fine. Why are you telling me to get up? I'm not okay. But then having to put on a brave face. And every single time we were invalidated or every single time we were encouraged to say yes when we wanted to say no, where we were encouraged to self-abandon, we came out of our authenticity a little bit more. Every single time, every single time we're trying to please somebody else just to fit in or please somebody else, our needs are met. And through that stress and trauma, we were brought into this dysfunction. And then we, we, we never saw it until it got to a certain point. I'm saying we as in you and I, um, until it got to that point of extreme dysfunction and we looked at it and thought, oh, my gosh, something's really wrong here. I have to fix this. And unfortunately, most people who have a lot of stress and trauma in their lives and have since childhood don't actually recognize that they are living out of their authenticity, that they are self-abandoning and people-pleasing and, and living through patterns of stress, and that they've been conditioned through their childhoods to uh, act out these typical these behaviors that the nervous system typically exhibits when it's in dysfunction, like I've said a lot, the self-abandonment, self-gaslighting, self-criticism, and 
and so we don't realize that until we get to this point and we look back and think, oh, my gosh, I've been acting like this for my entire life. And to your point, oh, I wanted to say something about the storytelling you were talking about, that when we are young children and we lack inner resourcing and we don't have somebody guiding us, that we don't have a choice but to make what's going on outside of us about us. So if the teacher, Mm -hmm. like I said, in second grade was cruel, I thought it was because there was something wrong with me. So now I'm carrying forward from that experience that there's something wrong with me, that I can't do anything right, that I'm always – I'm too shy, like she told my parents in front of me. I'm too shy. There's something wrong with me. I mean, there's, I could look back and probably list a hundred different ways that I was told something about myself and then I, and then I believed it and carried it into my adulthood. And then that's how we live out our existence as adults until we get to this point. I actually believe very deeply that every single one of us is blessed to have an imbalance in the nervous system to get to that point where there's so much dysfunction that we have to look within and we have to recognize what the patterning is that's led us here, what the wounds are, what's the past trauma that we have yet to process. Because when we're younger, we have no idea how to process that trauma. And then we come into this world of healing in so many different ways. You know, there's so many, there's tapping, the heart math, you can use a program, you can use vigorous self-talk, um, processing trauma and stress, you can go towards kind of a spiritual route and surrender, you can use meditation and yoga and movement somatics. Um, there's so many different ways and we're so blessed now to be able to see that we've been living in dysfunction for so long and now we're able to, to spread this knowledge to our children and to others, of course, but now our children are able to have the childhoods that, that we weren't able to have. They, they will be able to live in authenticity when given the tools to understand that person that's grumpy, that has nothing to do with you. Or that person that told you to get up because you're fine, if you're not fine, you don't have to be fine. You don't have to act fine. You don't have to put on a brave face. I just I'm, I get emotional thinking about the fact that our children do not have to go through the levels of invalidation that we had to experience as kids that are a big reason why we got here. Um, so yeah, yeah I love what you said blessed. about it being a blessing. Yeah, I really feel that, yeah. and I think you know yeah. I do have a very spiritual approach to this work as well and I think we are in like an ascension phase and yeah. you know I like to kind of describe it through music it's like you know we have to retune everything and we're shifting into a different note and you know to be harmonic with it we have to do some attunement to ourselves and you know you don't really see what's dark unless a light is shining on it and I think there is so, you know, like, like I just have such, um, I don't know, just like a new appreciation for our body in general at, and, mm-hmm. and ourselves and the vibration and the frequency and understanding, you know, just for me, just really understanding quantum physics and quantum biology so much more and how, like, you know, if it's just a distortion in the field, then, like, great, <laughs> Let's just, mm-hmm. like, do the attunement work and carry on and that it's, you know, yeah, it's good to, like, lay down your burdens and to, I think, talk about how heavy it was to have, you know, I'll use, mm-hmm. also have to, like, play that so long and, and on repeat that mm-hmm. it's, you know, in the same way that it's, like, we, we just, like, what you said about being a child and not understanding what was happening around us, so making mm-hmm. it our fault it's the same thing. It's not, you know, at this phase, it's sort of like, well, we don't have to be a victim to this. We can turn around and yeah. be empowered by it and do the the little tweaking of going from discord to harmony. Mm-hmm. And we can do so much of this through the lens of self-care and, and re, you know, new belief systems and self-discovery and self-love. And that in yeah. that, you know, we show up in, in a more embodied state and that it's not like we need to help other people. It's like just by being 
loving and receiving somebody else's pain shifts their pain, shifts their discord, brings them Mm -hmm. into a more comfortable place or empowered place of saying, like, you really helped me understand this in a way that I feel like Mm -hmm. I can take it now and and move move on from it. And I think that stuck, you know, this um, somatic dominance that we've been in is just it's stuck energy it just needs to have a relief valve it needs to be retuned and refined and just shifted the littlest bit for the greatest outcome and you want the ripple you want the reverb you want the tune or the sound or the frequency to be you know harmonic in the world not demonic (laughs) or you know and I think that it's it's that complicated and it's that simple all at once. And so like just the convergence of this at, I think, you know, a complicated level, like the brain is, has always been complex, but in terms of it, like, you know, if it's God's operating system, then, you know, if, if God made it, God can fix it. And, yeah. and so you're part of that. Yeah. You're part of that. And so, yeah. you know, there's a theme right there. Yeah. And, to your point of it's complex, but it's simple. It really is quite simple when you break it down. When, when we have dysfunction in our lives, let's say when we have dysfunction in our bodies, every single one of those symptoms is a messenger and a teacher. It's just saying, hey, you're living out of your authenticity. Hey, you have a lot of limiting belief systems that you're listening to. Um, and just for us to stop and recognize, oh, I'm feeling really uncomfortable today. I have a lot of anxiety today, or I'm, I've been having a lot of headaches or stomach aches or whatever it might be. Um, with my clients, it's a lot of symptoms, like, like I was saying before, um, those kind of, um, they call them mysterious illnesses or invisible illnesses that the modern medical world doesn't quite understand, um, And so when we're having those physical symptoms, just to kind of check in, okay, what happened today or what happened yesterday or what's bothering me right now? What am I, what am I experiencing this discomfort for? And a lot of times it's something like I'm nervous for something happening in the future or I can't quite let go of that pain that person caused me or I keep remembering that past relationship and I can't get over that person and then if we just focus there if we just look at that we were talking about the shadow parts of ourselves and actually facing them and embracing them and loving them anyway that's something that's taken me so long to understand that I can love that part of myself that feels shameful that I can love that part of myself that judges others and seeing that part and loving that part and really this whole, this imbalance of the nervous system, all these physical symptoms are bringing us home to ourselves because they, it asks us to look at how we're not being authentic. Really, I think most of it, if not all, comes down to authenticity in some way or another. And so I focus a lot on that with my clients. Like, where are you out of your authenticity? Your authenticity is pure love. That's who you are. That's who your authentic self is. So what's out of alignment with that? And you very clearly see. And if it's something like they're holding on to something from the past or their relationship with a parent is um, is dysfunctional, then, okay, there are so many ways we can use visualization, for example, to go back in time and process the trauma that we're that our brain and nervous system still holding on to. That's something that I do want to mention really quickly before we're out of time, that our nervous system and our brain and our body store information, you said this earlier, um, in our cells, specifically in our traumatic memory, the traumatic memory center of our brain, and wants to release it, we just have to be brave enough to look at it and say, wow, I'm still really hurt by that experience. Wow, that that experience still affects me. I still feel shame. I still feel sadness. And to face that and to Mm -hmm. simply, I mean, it can be as simple as 
using the Ho'oponopono prayer of just envisioning that person and how much they've hurt you and just imagining them saying the Ho'oponopono prayer to you. I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you, I love you, repeating that over and over again, crying. That gets that trauma out of your body. I do a lot of that work with my clients, just getting the trauma out of the body. Let's clear out the traumatic memory. The nervous system, the brain and the body will will not have any reason to be as dysfunctional in the future if we can let some of that go, if we can process that emotion. And like we were talking about earlier, we don't know what to do with big emotions as children. So what do we do? We tense our bodies. We hold on for dear life and we fear and we ruminate and we make up stories. And that then signals to the nervous system, to the brain and to the body, store that information. That's important information for survival. It's so counterintuitive to us and how we exist. Like I would never choose to store information like that. I want that gone. Um, yeah. The nervous system and the brain and the body are like, no, no, we need that information. That protects us in the future. And so it stores it. it. It's we got through it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's all we knew. It's all we knew. I, I have so much compassion for our younger selves because we did the best yeah. that we could and that's all we could do. But now it's yeah. time to just release it. And it, back to my point, coming for full circle, it doesn't have to be hard. That's it right. really doesn't. It's just the willingness. Yes, yes, yes. The willingness and, and sometimes it takes some courage to face those past experiences, to cry them out and to want to release them. So that's a lot of the work I do with my clients too is just let's let go of some stuff from the past. Let's get it out of the body and out of the nervous system. We don't need it anymore. And let's become yeah. pure love. Let's embody our authenticity in that way. And that's our alignment to source. That's our alignment to our spirituality. And we can yeah, get there so currently nice and clear. Yeah. yeah. Well, what a yeah. great way to frame and sort of start the new year. <laughs> yeah. Right? To think about yeah. you know, just cleaning out that plumbing and keeping the current moving and moving. So, yeah. Tessa, can you tell us how we can get in touch with you? Yeah, my website is tessamalcarney.com. I think that's the easiest way. Um, and that's T-E-S-S-A-M-A-L-C-A-R-N-E.com. Awesome. That's the well, same. Tessa, my Instagram so is the much. same. Sorry to talk over you. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. That's okay. Go ahead. Finish that. Your I Instagram is say, the same, you said. It's the same. It's te- I think it's Tessa under slash Malcarney. I should probably know that. It's Tessa under slash Malcarney. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Well, it has been a delight talking with you today, and thank you so much for sharing your insights and your love and passion for this work with, with us today, and I can't wait to talk to you again soon. Yes, it's been wonderful. Take thank care. you for having me. All right. Bye. Bye, Tessa. Take care now. Bye. And thanks to all of you. You can find me at mywayom.com, and why. W-A-Y-O-M dot com. And I'll see you next month on the radio. Have a great day, everybody. So long.